0: All right. Amen. That was good. Good to be in the presence of the Lord and worship and prayer together. If you want to go ahead and open your Bible to the book of John, chapter 20, we're going to start there once again. If you haven't been with us, we've been looking at uh, starting in one scripture in John 20 and talking about being sent... And so we're going to we're going to continue that today. So John 20 and verse 21. And it basically says this. It says Jesus said to them, "Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you." And repeat a little bit for not everybody's been here every week, but uh That's a huge statement. That's a huge truth right there. That just like God the Father sent Jesus, Jesus says he sends us as his children. In other words, so the same way that Jesus was sent from heaven, Jesus is sending us as well. In other words, kind of receiving from heaven and going to the earth. And so we've looked at several different ways throughout the book of John. There's scripture after scripture after scripture where in the Gospel of John, says Jesus says, I was sent this, I was sent to do this, I, I, I've been sent, I've been sent, You know, I'm not here on my own, God sent me, all over and over and over again, and he adds on something. He says, I've been sent to do this, or I've been sent because of this. And so we looked. we've looked at three things in two weeks. The first one we looked at was, Jesus over and over again says, I'm not here to please myself, I'm here to please my Father. I'm not here to do my own will, I'm here to do my father's will. And so as we're sent, we're sent in the same way Jesus was sent. We're not sent to do our will. We're sent to do his will. I use the illustration of my wife sending me to the store, to the grocery store. She gives me a list. And if I don't come back with that list, it's not gonna be a good good night at the house. It's not we're not gonna be happy, you know. We might not have dinner, you know, I don't know. And it's the same thing with God, you know. If He sends us to do one thing and we're out doing another thing, it might even be a good thing. Like, honey, I, I bought you a dessert. She's like, "That's great, but we have no meat to eat for dinner, so we can't live on cake." I don't think you can live on cake. I've never tried it. <laughs> Maybe you can live on cake. <laughs> we're about to live on cake and pie here this week, right? <laughs> Try to eat some vegetables too. So we we can't just. It's not. We're not here to do our will. And so that's that's hard for us to release. It's like, man, it's, it's not what pleases me, it's what pleases him. Imagine if every Christian lived like that. That'd be incredible, wouldn't it? That'd be amazing if everyone was saying, look, I'm not here to please myself. We flipped it around in the American church, as American Christians in general, not you. <laughs> None of you. We make it about us, Right? It's like, man, I want to be a part of something that's great. I want to have all this in my life. I want this. I want to be blessed. Uh, And suddenly it's all about me. Suddenly it's about my will. Man, I want to be a part of a church that has this for my family. Well, is that what God wants? (laughs) I don't know. That might be His will, but if that's not His will, that's a good thing. That's not going to be a God thing. You know, John Bevere wrote a book recently called Good or God. But sometimes good is the enemy of what God wants. I haven't read the book. I just read the tagline. You know. A good thing is not necessarily a God thing. And so I have to know the will. What's God's will? Second thing we we looked at was that Jesus came to save and not condemn. So he wasn't here condemning the world. It said Jesus was sent to save and not condemn. And so I need to make sure that what I'm about as a follower of Jesus. I better not be bringing condemnation. I better be bringing salvation. I have good news. I have good news. The good news is not that you're a terrible person. The good news is that Jesus is awesome. That He died for you. Jesus is very good. That He'll heal you. That He'll free you. He'll give you purpose. He'll change your heart. He'll allow you to forgive. He'll do things in your life that were unimaginable and unexplainable and impossible before. So make sure I'm I'm being sent to, to, to save and not condemn you know have have you heard it have you heard it said sometimes that 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 sometimes Christians are the only thing the world hears about is what we're against, not what we're for? I got to be careful of that. It doesn't mean we're not against stuff, but if all I'm ever saying is I don't like this I mean can you imagine that if you're married if your spouse always told you everything that was wrong with you all the time? <laughs> okay, maybe you're in that situation, okay uh, stop doing that if you are okay <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't work. <laughs> And, you know, it's like if there's always this, you know, and that's how the world sometimes thinks. If we're always bringing the negative of what's wrong, oh, this is bad. This is bad. I'm not saying we shouldn't declare truth. I'm Nobody hear that. What I'm saying is I've got to bring the positive side. I've got to bring, hey, what God's for. God's for life. He God's for forgiveness. God's for freedom. God's for blessing and goodness and all those things. So there's that as well. And then the third thing, the one we looked at last week, is that Jesus over and over again says my words are not my own the words I'm giving you are from my father I'm not speaking on my own can you imagine that for us man if I live my life where I'm not I'm not speaking on my own this is what God says I'm speaking what what Jesus is saying in this moment and so we're sent as ambassadors an ambassador is a representative of the highest rank we looked at last week From one place to another who represents where they're sent from. I'm an ambassador of heaven. And so when I talk, I'm representing what Jesus and what heaven is about. And so I want to be a good ambassador. We use the illustration if the ambassador from the United States goes to another country. Give me a country. 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 (laughs) sorry I'm not trying (laughs) maybe one of the countries in Africa (laughs) do you mean South Africa (laughs) okay (laughs) what did you say did you say a country (laughs) Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe okay I'm just looking for a country it's in Africa, I think I, don't, I haven't been to school, was it in Africa, Alan is Zimbabwe no, I don't know <laughs> okay, if the ambassador from the United States he's the representative of what the United States is about, and ultimately what the what the leadership of the United States is about. If, if he goes to Zimbabwe and says, "We hate you, and this is what we don 't like about you, and that you know what all of Zimbabwe thinks about the United States. They think that they hate them and they're all about this. So the ambassador determines the view of the other country to whom they're sent to. And so I determine as an ambassador of Jesus Christ what people think of Jesus Christ. Because I'm sent from heaven. I've been born again. It says born from above Literally, in the book of John, you need to be born from above. In other words, there's something from heaven in me, someone, actually. The Holy Spirit from heaven comes into me, and now I represent him. I'm a child of the King. I'm a representative of heaven. I'm an ambassador of Jesus. And so that's, that's where we've been the last few weeks. So that was, that was a quick, quick summary, huh? And uh, You can listen to it online if you need the, the extended version, uh, uncut edition. So John eight twenty six. Here's one we're going to look at today. John eight twenty six, and it says this. Jesus is talking, I have much to say in judgment of you, but he who sent me is trustworthy. And what I've heard from him I tell the world. And So you have the speaking part again there. But the, the line I want to focus on here is, but he who sent me is trustworthy, or reliable, or true. Different translations say different things. So Jesus was sent to what? reveal the character of God he was sent to reveal the character of the father in John twelve forty five, it says this look at this one this one's awesome the one who looks at me is seeing the one who sent me the one who looks at me is seeing the one who sent me Remember, as the Father has sent me, Jesus says, I'm sending you. This is one of the ways he was sent to reveal that God is who he says he is. In other words, God's trustworthy. The Father is trustworthy. And if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. What if when someone met me or you, they saw Jesus? Now, this is, this is a big one. I get it. <laughs> this is one that's like, oh man, is this even possible? What if I, I was so aware of my mission and, and why God has me on this earth that I know that when someone sees me, they see Jesus? That's how we've been sent. Now you can understand the confusion in our country, right? Think about all the different ways that Jesus has been represented. Nobody knows who He is. There's too many messages. There's too many people that are coming in His name. They come with His name on them. I mean, think about the name Christian. That wasn't chosen by the people of God, but it's... They, you know why they were called Christians? It says they were first called Christians at the church in Antioch, in the book of Acts. You know why they called them that? They made fun of them because they were so much like Jesus. That's Why? That's why they call them Christians. Because they're like, hey, you're just like that guy that was here. We thought we got rid of him. And so they say, you're, you're little Christ. You're, you're ones of the Christ. You know, it, it was their reflection of who God was that, got the, that originally got our name. Christianity. They weren't trying to get that name. It's their lives reflected who he was. Off the notes now, okay, so <laughs> here's the deal if someone is giving a picture of who someone else is, um, it can either be an accurate representation or it can be a misrepresentation right it can be I think about it like this when i go in, when I go in a store uh, a clothing store right they've got the the dummy things what are those called mannequins. I don't know why they're all called mannequins, because most of them are women, but, okay. <laughs> Ever thought about, do you think about those things? Pray for me, I do. Okay. So they, they got the mannequins and the woman okay. And they're, they're, they're they look kind of like people, right. And they've got the clothes on, so you kind of know, if I buy that shirt, that's what I'm going to look like, I guess. I don't know. Maybe it works better on women or something, I don't know. I always look at that and go i don't want to look like that <laughs> i don't you know i don 't know anything about clothes so obviously so um here 's the deal that 's a representation of a human being, but is it an accurate representation is it it's a lifeless representation you know sometimes those those mannequins freak you out if you're not looking you're in the store and you think someone's behind you and then you turn and and it's like you know oh it's you <laughs> and so but there's no life they can't move they there, there's there's nothing that that says hey this is this is a real person we go no that's that's not that's not really who humans are. You know, if we had aliens come to Earth and we, they go into a store and they're like, how come all these ones aren't moving around? They're like, well, those aren't real. That's not what humans are like. And so, in the same way, I need to be a living representation of who the Father is and of who Jesus is. That when I live my life, I am sent to not just be a mannequin for God. You know, a mannequin for God is this, they can recite all the things, they can, they can say all the stuff, but there's no life. Right. There's nothing that says, this is the real deal. And so someone says, is that who God is? Is He just a model for all these rules and regulations? They're not interested in that. No one's going to be interested in that. You know, my hey, that, that kind of looks good together, but there's no life. And so when Jesus came, he brought the Father to life. He brought God to life. Where they're like, oh, this is who he is. We were confused before. We were unsure. There was a lot of argument. But when you came, you were showing that he is trustworthy. He is who he says he is. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Now I get I'm not trying to say that we're God, okay? We, everybody clear on that? We're not... Becoming Mormons or something else. But we are children of God. And children have the characteristics of their parents. There's a genetic, you know, Tommy David, he got both of what you got. And there's going to be all kinds of different things that play out in his life, whether that's his personality and his structure of his color of his hair and all that stuff that comes from y'all, it's the same thing from God. When we are born again into the family of God, we receive his spiritual genes. And so now I have genetics, spiritually, from heaven, and so I can represent who the Father is because He's been born in me by the Holy Spirit. There is someone from God in me to release, and the process of walking with God is letting more and more of who He is out of me so when someone sees me, they see Him. Because that's that's why I've been sent. Jesus said, it's better that I go away. Because I'm going to send the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, to live in all of you so that all of you represent the Father. All of you represent who I am as God. And so you have Him Himself in you. And here's the deal. I was thinking about this this week. There's a couple ways that I can reveal that God is trustworthy. Number one is by not complaining. Not complaining. I didn't get an amen on that one, right? (laughs) I'm going to complain about this sermon afterwards, right? No, just kidding. (laughs) You know, I was thinking about this. Complaining is kind of like, is like the devil's thanksgiving. Oh, I got your attention. All right, that must have been good. (laughs) You know? That's his thanksgiving language. It's the total opposite of giving thanks. Amen. And so when I enter... That's why the Bible says in Philippians, do everything without grumbling or complaining. In other words, I don't want you talking like the devil. That's, that's his language. That's his language, the opposite of thanksgiving. The devil don't give thanks, he just complains. I mean, that's what how he got in the place he was. Why can't I be God? He's complaining. <laughs> God says, you want to try that? See you later, sucker. <laughs> you can go down there. <laughs> You're not staying up here with me. When I complain, I don't represent God as trustworthy. Because I'm showing that, hey, I need something more than what he's given me. I'm not satisfied with what, what he, where I am in him right now. And again, I'm not saying we don't want to grow. We don't ask for our needs. I'm not saying that. But there's, there's a point of, of being contented in what God has given you. Where we say, yes, Lord, I am thankful for where I am. I am thankful that you are who you are. And I am thankful that where you are taking me. That I won't stay here. Let's be thankful for that sometimes. That I don't have to necessarily stay here. Here's the other way. I think another great way to prove the trustworthiness of God is to walk through a challenge and trust Him, right? When you walk through something and rather than doing what should be natural, getting upset, blaming God or somebody else, complaining whatever the case is, instead I can walk through that and say no i' I'm, I'm walking I'm trusting him, and people are looking at you like, What is wrong with you? why are you you know I mean, have you ever heard people talk about God now? It's like, oh, that's just a fantasy. You're believing your little fairy tales, all this kind of stuff. But here, here's the deal. If you walk through something that is a challenge, whatever that challenge might be in your life, whatever that trial might be in your life, and you walk through it trusting God, someone else can look at your life and say, God's trustworthy. Because now what do you have? You have a testimony. And your testimony means you went through a test. When you pass the test, you then have a testimony that you can share. What does the testimony stir in people's hearts? It stirs people to believe that God is faithful. So when I hear that somebody else has walked through something and God took them through, I am my faith is lifted to believe God is who He says He is, that God is trustworthy. And so by trusting Him, look, your trust in God affects somebody else. It's not just about you. It's never just about you. It's always about someone else. You're saying, God, why is this going on in my life? He's like, look, don't you understand? When you share this with this other person, it's going to be the spark in their life where their eyes are open and they go, oh, I see now. I see now. I've seen a glimpse of the faithfulness and trustworthiness of God. How do we, you know, and I was just thinking about this, how do we just reflect? It's such a huge responsibility to say, I want people to see Jesus when they see me. It doesn't happen, you know, it doesn't happen if I try harder. You can't try harder and be more like Jesus. Can't just wear a bracelet. (laughs) Says, what would Jesus do? That question's a good question. But we got to, we got to where it was just the bracelet. It wasn't the question. (laughs) It was just an accessory, you know. Christians, we like to make accessories that say cool things that we just don't have to think about anymore. You know, even pray for Paris. Did you see that everywhere? Boom, every, suddenly everybody's into prayer, right? Isn't that amazing? All over Facebook, all over the Internet. Oh, it's, it's all right to pray in, for Paris, but not at a football game, right? But anyway, that's different. <laughs> <laughs> but I was thinking about just the whole idea of us reflecting who Jesus is and... I thought of the story of Moses and in 2 Corinthians 3, it talks about Moses. It talks about, you know, how Moses stood face to face with the Lord. And then it says at the end of that section uh, of 2 Corinthians 3, I'll read it to you. It says, uh, verse 18, it says, And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory... We are being transformed what into his likeness with ever increasing glory which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. is it up there? No, shoot that one up there, Shane. Can you think about what this says? We with unveiled faces, in other words, spiritually there's no barrier between us and God now we are we are before him, we can come before the throne without anything blocking us as we contemplate or gaze at the Lord's glory, we're being transformed, what? Into His image. We look like Him. With ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. And here's the thing. What is the glory of God? You have to go back to Exodus to find out that question. So we're going to go to Exodus 33. Exodus 33. If you want to turn there, you can. and this is the actual account of Moses see what happened with Moses Moses would go be with God and then he would come down from the mountain from being with God and what did it say it said his face would shine like literally in the physical realm he would be all bright and it said he would cover up his face um, you know because it was too bright for the people to look at basically And so when he was with God, he would gain some of what the glory and the reflection and the light of God. And so it would reflect out. And so Moses says this in Exodus 33, 17. And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked, which was go with us, because I am pleased with you and know you by name. And then Moses says this, now show me your glory. And the Lord says... Look, this is the definition of his glory. I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. And look what he does. I will proclaim my name, the Lord or Yahweh or Jehovah, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But you cannot see my face, for no one may see me and live. And the Lord said, there's a place near me where you may stand on a rock and when my glory passes by, I'll, I'll cover you up and you, you'll see my back, basically. I'll summarize that section there. Isn't it interesting when God says His glory comes that He talks about who He is? Did you notice that there? He proclaims His name and He says, this is who I am. I'm going to have mercy on whom I'm going to have mercy. I'm going to have compassion on whom I have compassion. You know, So it's the character of God... Part of the, the glory of God is the character of God, who he is, his goodness, his, his mercy, his love, his holiness. So what happens when Moses, let's go to 34 and verse 5, then the Lord came down, this is the actual encounter, the Lord came down in the cloud and stood there with him, and look, what did he do? He proclaimed his name. This is who, basically who I, who I am. This is who I am. He proclaimed His name, the Lord. And He passed in front of Moses proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Yet He does not leave the guilty and punished. He punishes the children and their children for the sins of the Father to the third and fourth generation. What is the glory of God when it comes? It's who God is. So, if we take that back to 2 Corinthians 3, where it says we are now reflecting the Lord's glory, what's happening in there? It's exactly what Jesus said. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. When I'm face to face with God, I have His imprint on my life, His character, who He is. He is gracious and good, He is forgiving, but He is also holy, and He is pure. He's all those things, all in one. And I reflect that, after I've been with Him. Put up Second Corinthians 3 again. Now we who with unveiled faces contemplate or gaze upon the Lord's glory, we're being transformed into His image, what? With ever-increasing glory. Which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So there's there's an imprint in my life to where I'm no longer just a mannequin about rules and regulations about who God is. There is the breath of life from God that says, here's here's the glory of God being reflected in my life. It doesn't happen physically anymore. It might, but most of the time it's not a physical thing. You know, the Old Testament was concerned with the outward. The New Testament's concerned, hey, the inward. That's what matters. It's not the outward that matters. It's the inward that matters. And so I need to reflect the glory of the Lord Inside me, in who I am, and when I do that, people see Jesus. That makes sense? Anybody tracking with me here? So it happens the same way that it happened with Moses. Moses physically went up on the mountain, but in my life, spiritually, I have to go up the mountain too. If I am up the mountain, if I am with the Lord, His glory is reflected in my life and I'm transformed, it says, into whose image? His image. The image of God. And then I reflect Him to someone else so that when someone else meets me, they've met Him. It's powerful. So the more I'm in His glory, in His presence, the more I'm receiving His genetics being activated in my life. I need the spiritual genetics going on. The spiritual DNA is activated. And it's a lifelong process. That's why it's not necessarily a one-time thing. God's going to give us encounters with him. Just like Moses. He would go up. He'd be all lit up. And then after time, if he hadn't gone up a while, his face would go back to its normal face. It's just Moses. It's the same thing with me. If I don't spend time with Jesus, then I'm, not going, to be refle- I'm going to reflect more of John than Jesus. And you can sure tell the difference, can't you? (laughs) You can say amen to that. We can all put your name in there. It's fine. There's a a big difference between John and Jesus. And so when, when I'm reflecting his image, people are drawn to Jesus. But sometimes they're put off by John or whatever, whoever I am. And so I don't want who I am, my image. I don't want to be, my image is just a mannequin. My image is just a you know, without the breath of life in me, I don't represent who He is. But when I have the breath of life in me, when God gives me life and I'm reflecting His glory, then I am able to say, hey, God's trustworthy. And people say, yeah, I can see that. I, I see who He is. Because if people understand who God is, they'll be drawn to Him. They'll be drawn to God. I mean, theres I know there's... The Bible says some people just won't ever receive God. I'm not saying everybody's going to get saved. But God wants everybody to be saved. He wants everybody to have a chance to see who He really is. And what He has really said. That's why He sent you. (laughs) You're His answer. His children. The multiplication of His family is the answer. It's one by one. It's day by day. It's minute by minute. It's, It's conversation by conversation. We want to jump to, you know, from this to the the huge stadium sometimes or whatever. Some of you are like, I don't want anything to do with that. But, you know, we want to jump from the little to the big without taking the steps that walk us up that mountain. You don't get up the mountain by just leaping up the mountain with a big jump. You get up the mountain one step at a time. It's the same way with our walk with the Lord. Amen? So you're sent. You're sent. That's all i got today. Let's stand. Let's respond to the Lord. Father, we just thank you for this, this opportunity to be challenged by your word. I pray that every single thing that I said would be forgotten, but I pray that every single thing that you said would be remembered, God. And I thank you that we get to reflect who you are. And help us, Lord, we need your help. Holy Spirit, fill us. That's why you said you need to be full of the Holy Spirit every day because in order to do this task that you've called us to do, in order to be who you've called us to be in being sent by you, in being emissaries and ambassadors from the throne of heaven. We thank you that it's going to take a supernatural work. And so we choose to allow your spiritual DNA, the glory of God, the character of God, the image of Jesus to be formed in us so that when other people meet us, they go, I've met Jesus. Not because we're so great, because you're, but because you're great, Lord because you're good because you're faithful Lord put a guard over our mouth that my mouth would speak your words not, not my own words not the enemy's words not anybody else's words I want to speak your words we want to speak life and not death we want to speak hope and not discouragement God we want to speak salvation and not condemnation continue to form us because when we talk like you people will see you when we act like you people will see what you're like when we live like you with your presence They'll know who you are. And we ask that for every single person in here, Lord. There's nobody that's left out. There's nobody that's past is too bad, that it can't happen. Lord, you said you've wiped our past out, none of that matters in the heavens. Lord, in who we represent you, that doesn't count anymore, it's not been counted against us anymore, that you no longer count our sins against us. So all those failures, they mean nothing in in, in the spiritual realm. And so we choose to live a life that says, I am free, I am clean, I'm a child of God, and I'm sent to represent who He is. And when people meet me, I want them to meet Jesus. And so we thank you for that. Holy Spirit, lead us and guide us each and every day to look more and more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Be blessed. Hug somebody. If you still need prayer, come on up and we want to pray with you. No Wednesday night. Our gathering, be with your families. No Wednesday night this week.